MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hi everyone, it's Amanda Rieger Green. Welcome to Soul Sessions. Today I am thrilled to introduce Kristen, a client and dear friend of mine who I've worked with and known for the past few years. We've gotten to meet in person through our journeys in life together that have synced up and it's been such a joy to get to be on the journey of life with her, to see her grow and develop, hear and share wisdom together and dive deeper into our intuitive practices. Welcome, Kristen. Thanks, Amanda. It's good to see you. (laughs) It's good to see you. All right. You're coming to us from Nashville. Yes, Nashville. (laughs) From the Music City. So let's start by talking a little bit about your personal and spiritual journey and where your spiritual journey has really, really started to take root in your life, where you got serious or connected to or committed to spiritual practices in developing traction around your intuition, diving into your highest voice, your truest voice. Where did where did some of that begin to take root? I think originally when I learned of you and soul pathology, you know, it was a blip on an Insta story probably from from Amy that I saw. And I was at a point in my life I was still home base was in Florida, just outside of Tampa. And I remember just, I think the feeling was just unsettled. I was starting to have thoughts of change, big life changes. And the message, the Insta story came across for for you. And I just thought, you know what, I'm going to reach out and see what all this is about. Hindsight, you can look back and say that was definitely my higher self um, nudging me for sure. But I don't think I had that language then. So I just needed to talk to somebody. And that's kind of how it started. I think I remember my first session with you sitting in the closet, my master bedroom closet (laughs) and asking (laughs) questions and talking through stuff. And it kind of developed from there. It's turned into realizing that that was my higher self talking to me 
And I've learned to kind of embrace that, that more. And so when I hear that voice, I listen. Thank you for sharing that. One of the most insightful things that you reflected back to me recently that was very awakening was you said, you know, when I go back and listen to our sessions and I hear myself talking, I hear my higher self. There's something different in the tone, the vibration, the clarity. It's almost like you could see or feel yourself speaking straight from your soul, straight from your heart. And I know that that happens because I can feel it. I hear it in the other person. But hearing you reflect that back and that you utilize your sessions to tap into that voice of yours, your true register is what I like to call it. Tell me a little bit about what you recognize in that or how that works. Yeah. And most specifically, I think I recognize it the most after our March session. It stood out to me because I remember uh, my daughter and I were in Chattanooga for a concert. So I was in a hotel room and it was a Saturday morning call, which I think I've learned to really enjoy those <laughs> those sessions on Saturday mornings. But um, I have listened to most of the recordings from the past, but this one specifically, I listened to before our most recent session just to kind of review where I was at. It was like, had some time. So I took it and it was really awesome to hear myself tell whatever story it was. It was just really cool to hear how organized I was about it in my thought process. Not that I knew everything about everything, but just um, I could hear, you know, some confidence in my voice. And it was like I was sitting in a room with myself, like face to face. And it was it was super comforting, especially going into the next call with you, the next session. A couple of things that that strike me. First of all, for listeners out there, I do work with clients and have worked one-to-one for years, but one of the most intimate ways that I collaborate with people is through packages of sessions where we build traction and accountability and growth and get to see fundamental shifts and changes along the journey and along an evolving journey. And it's very rewarding for me and for me to be able to reflect back information through your soul to also see that. And then To hear you just now saying, listening to myself was awesome, that is a huge (laughs) statement because I know how vulnerable it is to say, whoa, I'm awesome. We tend to hold back or reserve these compliments of ourself or being able to see ourselves in our highest light and feel it, know it, trust it, have pride in it. And that's what you just said. Hearing myself was awesome. You know, hearing me, hearing how organized my thought processes were. Well, you are a very organized person (laughs) by nature. We know this about you. You're a list maker, a box checker, a process, quality oriented human being. But to hear that in yourself has to I would think be fulfilling and also validating in terms of, whoa, I've grown or here's where I am. And if I remember back to that session, we were talking about some really difficult stuff, Mm -hmm. some big changes and big shifts. So even to hear yourself in that moment of change, which you've learned to navigate more gracefully, might I say, (laughs) is being able to find faith or flow in times that are uncertain, because you hear organization in uncertainty. that And to me, that's like matching calamity with serenity. There's a, a sweet spot of disorganization or dis-ease, and then it can create ease. And you can hear a clarity, and it comes with a dedication, I think, to spiritual practices. So in speaking about that, what are some of your go-to practical spiritual tools for 
developing your self-awareness and your intuition, tapping into that voice, not just when you're in dialogue with me, but in day-to-day life, in parenting, in your job. You know, being able to identify what those thoughts are as your higher self, giving a title to that has helped me. I'll find myself, you know, I work from home. So regardless of where I am, I'm usually in the same place for long periods of time on a laptop and on calls with other people. But specifically when I'm in those moments of uncertainty or whatever, um, one of the things I've kind of picked up from this is when I'm able to identify the whole higher self concept and I can go into my closet, it sounds creepy, but my dark closet where it's quiet and there aren't any sounds distracting me and I can just, you know, ask for help or say thank you or anything like that. Um, You know, a lot of people may call that prayer. It's very similar, but this whole process, I think over the last few years has helped me embrace that that's me, you know, and it's the whole concept that God is in you. Like, it's not like necessarily something always outside of you and to, and to listen to that. So that's been like the biggest thing. There's, I think a continued attempt at like researching, finding more out, you know, this last session that you and I had, you gave me some awesome tools. I've ordered books that helps a lot. And it's like, I can take my time with it, you know, and do it on my own time. And it's really cool when you do it that way, because it develops in its own time. It's not like a forced thing, like checking the box, like you have to read this book in order to get to this level or anything like that. It's a very like natural, organic process. Yeah, there's not going to be a quiz. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's not going to be a quiz. (laughs) One of the things that you just said that struck me, and I've been working on in myself and reminded of daily is that God is inside of us. And oftentimes I find myself seeking validation, approval from other people, and again and again can end up feeling disappointed or let down or not enough, whatever that triggers in me. And it's always like, well, of course, because I should be looking for that approval, that awareness, that solitude, that stability with God, not in uh, outside of me, not in other people, other things, experiences, finding it within. So I relate to sitting down in the closet, in the quiet space that is yours. I mean, our yeah. closets are kind of a personal space, yeah. whether they're organized yeah. or messy. Yeah. You know, they're a very it's an intimate space. So creating sacred space even if it's very mundane, you know, the closet is not like you have a big shrine or you're in a chapel, you know, or, or in your meditation (laughs) space with your incense, but the closet, I I could see that it's very personal. So creating personal and quiet, Mm -hmm. creating personal space. I think that is such a good and accessible reminder to people is what's your sacred space? What's your personal space? Where can you get a few moments with yourself and find God? inside. Find the stillness within, the deep, still waters within so you can listen. And also giving the label to or a name to your soul, your higher self, and what that voice sounds like or what that feeling is of being connected. There's a lot of people today Uh, and I think we all experience it and can relate, is we we can feel lonely. We can feel isolated. We can feel apart from. I, I work remotely. You do as well. Lots of us, especially since the pandemic, you know, we're in a more virtual world and we are left to our own thoughts and own devices. Even when we are interacting and connecting with others remotely, it can be a, a big challenge for me in terms of, I don't know, my routine or my connectivity or feeling separate than apart from. So I know it's even more imperative for me to prioritize quiet time, sacred space with myself. 
Yeah, I think specifically right right now what's happening too is in the natural course of the year, we've hit summer. So my daughter's gone a lot of the time. Your normal school schedules change. You don't have activities after work. So you kind of, I find myself kind of like, okay, like now what? And then that's when, you know, that voice kicks in and it's like, it's okay. Like just enjoy it right now because it's not going to always be like that. So, you know, just take it for what it is. Don't force anything. So it's just constant reliance on that. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. You just said something, and I'm smiling over here because, just by the way, everyone, uh, Kristen is an Aries, and <laughs> Aries energy is very fiery, very passionate, pioneering, courageous, bold. You all are not the best purveyors of patience. We know that is not necessarily a cornerstone. So for you to say, I've 
created patience. I am blooming where I'm planted, even if it's quiet, even if there's not a ton on my plate or boxes to check, things in my routine, finding enrichment in the stillness. And that that is imperative for me. And I have to prioritize it a lot of time. Oh, gosh, I haven't sat down just to be still today without doing for other things yeah. or sending emails or what whatever it may be that I think is creating value through busyness. And that's been something that I, I reorganize uh, quite a bit. One of the things I also want to go back to for a minute is in big life changes where I think a lot of people, you know, at different times we're at these jumping off points where it's what path do I go down? When you you made a big change a few years ago, in terms of moving from Florida to Nashville. And I remember you saying to me, I think one of the first times we talked, Mm -hmm. I have this deep longing and desire in my soul. I want to live in Nashville. I love live music. I feel like I'm supposed to be there. It's the biggest dream I have in my heart. It may sound silly. And I remember you saying that to me. You said, this may sound so silly, but I feel like I'm supposed to be there. And, And I could hear it in you. And I said, well, why not? And you had personal things going on. You were making some changes in your marriage and with, you know, with your daughter and parenting and then wanting to make a geographical shift. Will you talk a little bit about that time making those decisions and how you started to add your intuition and your trust, deepening your faith rather than expanding your fear in that in that time and and where it's gotten you today and where you are today sure i mean you know like i said the the catalyst was when i saw um you know amy with the story for you and at that time i was really it was like really mucky internally right and i think most of the time we've all heard the adage where i was ignoring it i was stiff arming all of the thoughts and i was thinking that like where i maybe wanting to be in nashville was like but why that's silly by the way everyone when kristen refers to amy she is talking about my cousin amy brown who is the host of podcast four things she is also co-host of the bobby bones show and also really big into personal and self-development spiritual development as well which in and of itself, the way that I found you now, having gone to the podcast live and all that, it's just, you know, the journey, it just added to the whole journey. But, you know, I knew um, I wanted to be in Nashville. I knew why and personal story did not feel like my marriage at the time we were pushing 15 years, did not think it was going to continue on the path. It was not looking good for us. <laughs> so when the decision was made, you know, I approached my daughter's dad and, and and said, you know, I want to move outside of Nashville and I want to move with Georgia. And he said, okay. And that was in June. And in August, we landed just outside of Nashville in a beautiful apartment. When I told my daughter I wanted to move, she actually, it was one of the most nervous conversations I've ever had. But she looked at me and she said, okay. She said, I'll get to see snow. You know, so her reaction helped a lot. Um, We were in a little bit of an advantageous situation because it was post-COVID. She was going to be entering eighth grade and middle school and had been home for most of sixth and seventh. So it was this interesting, pivotal time where I felt like if I didn't do it then, then I would never do it. And I know I've talked to you about this, but visually what that felt like was like in the Marvel movies, when somebody creates the portal to go to the next universe, which I'm not like your everyday, like huge Marvel fan or anything, but that just sticks with me. And it's like the first thing I could reference that's familiar, but that's what that felt like. It just felt like the next right step. And there were no um, voices 
preventing me from having the conversations. And it wasn't easy, um, of course, but the string of events that have happened after that have just proven that that was the right time for me and it was the right next step. And yeah, and now my daughter is just finished her freshman year of high school here and has a new, you know, circle of friends and is living her best life too. And we just moved into a new home. And so it's just been kind of um, the growth from that first call has been, you know, undeniable, really. I love the Marvel (laughs) movie imagery because these leaps of faith are like stepping through a portal, but being able for me to envision energy and to see myself stepping into or onto a new plane of existence, raising my vibration. Because when you talk about that, that's what I envision is you're shifting from one vibration into another, which means you let go of old fears, old baggage, anything that is limiting you, tethering you, holding you back, and you step into an element of the unknown while you're also prepared and you're doing it in a very practical way, you know, to getting your ducks in a row. But there is a huge element of faith where it's I'm trusting the next level. I'm trusting the unknown. And I'm also following this instinct that this is where we want to be. I want to be there. And also to have that dialogue with Georgia, who's a remarkable young woman who I've had the privilege of meeting a couple of times. And I love getting to see her develop into her own. And we'll talk a little bit about parenting and and utilizing your intuition alongside of helping her cultivate hers. But being able to be nervous in that dialogue with Georgia and throwing this idea out and then have her respond with, oh my gosh, yes, that sounds amazing. I'd love to see snow. You know, right there was a response from God, from the universe of, okay, mom, I'm on board. I'm up for it. Whereas, you know, you having the courage and the faith to have those dialogues, to be clear, to be honest, to run it by her when, yes, you're the parent, but also include her because she's part of it, obviously, and the two of you are so close. But in part of that decision making and to have her have a heck yes, jump into the portal, mom, let's do it together. We're going to jump in together. Yeah. You don't have to go alone. And uh, and that's pretty, uh, that's pretty amazing. Speaking of Georgia, talk to me a little bit about seeing her develop, because I know there are a lot of parents out there with children in junior high, high school, different ages, of course, but we live in, in such a different space and time as far as technology and expectations and what's going on in the world. But talk to me a little bit about her growth and development and how you see her intuition, her living more intuitively and in tune and how you all grow that together. Because I know that's a cornerstone of your relationship and you both want to expand and grow in that area in different ways. But what does that look like in your household or how has that experience shown up for you? Yeah, I mean, I really just think it's been just an open flow of communication. I am certainly not the one that's going to say this is what we did and this is how people should do it because I think like all parents, what 90% of the time we feel like we don't even know what we're doing. So, but, you know, just when hard things are happening, I'm as honest as I can be. I mean, granted, I think I was lucky that she was at a really good age to have that open dialogue. You know, it would look very different if she was a lot younger. So that certainly kind of goes back to how I felt, you know, the timing and everything. But, you know, she's seen me. She knows Amanda. She knows that I have my sessions. So she knows that I'm really leaning into myself and really trying to develop that in myself. 
Um, she's always been true to herself. She's very confident in who she is. She always has been. That's been a huge gift. And I think no matter who she meets or who she befriends outside of school or in school or wherever, she might learn more about the other person, but does it fit with who she is? So we've been very fortunate in that. And then we talk about it. I mean, there's been some hard conversations, but most of the time we can try and make it light. And it's just her learning that when she needs to say something, she can. Well, I think communication, whether it is talking about the hard things, talking about the joys, I think there can be a lot of vulnerability and difficulty as well as joy too. creating open dialogues and lines of communication to me not only strengthens our relationship and creates greater health and well-being, but to me, it also helps develop intuition. Yeah. Because when you learn to feel safe in your communication, and especially in intimate relationships like parental relationships, you know, that that can really nurture a lot of comfort in developing our voices and developing our voices and how we show up in friendships, in work, intimacy, family, wherever it may be. And I think I think that's a beautiful reflection that you have in in that advice. Another thing that comes up as we're talking, and I know we, you and I talked about this recently, was the how, the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. It's an acronym that, that a lot of you out there may be familiar with. Uh, it, it shows up in recovery quite a bit. But when you made this leap of faith, making this big move from Florida to Nashville, you basically just articulated that to me. I got honest, and this is what I wanted to do. I, you know, opened myself up vulnerably you know, to, to to making this, you know, walking, stepping through this portable portal. And then I got, I was willing, I was willing to put myself out there. I was willing to take the leap. I was willing to have the conversations, you know, with your now ex-husband, with your daughter, with work. You know, I know you work yeah. remotely yeah. and you had the flexibility to do that and make that change, but that also you know, change the nature of some some things professionally for you, having those dialogues, the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness, and getting honest with the truth, even if the truth is hard sometimes, or you don't know the answers, back to the uncertainty, that to me is this courage of summoning faith and trust, and trust in your voice, trust in yourself, which is developed over time, but also back in the quiet time, getting present, getting used to listening to your truth, finding that space. And I think a lot of it was, you know, that there's one voice that represents, I think, a lot of people on the outside. So when I made the decision, I had one one of my best girlfriends sit across from me and cry when I told her I was moving, you know, where innately, I know it's the right next move, but you leave like these people behind that are like, you know, and not behind, they're going to come visit me in September, but, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's really, um, understanding that there's one voice that represents the reaction from the outside. And then there's your voice where, you know, it's the next right thing. And it's just proven, it's proven that all the way through. I I do remember too, you talking about your friend and how upset she was, which naturally that's, that's part of change. It doesn't mean it's um, dissolving. It's just evolving. Yeah. <laughs> it's evo- yeah. That relationship has evolved and you create different new and stronger bonds, hopefully. But also the element of grieving. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. 
that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. But also the element of grieving, because this came up recently. And while we're not talking about the loss of a loved one, but moving, making a lot of things happen, packing up, change, getting Georgia enrolled in school, developing new community, new routines, all of the newness, the freshness can be busy. It can be abundant. It can be a lot and keep us very occupied. Mm -hmm. But at some point, Usually we hit a plateau where where our bodies and our minds and our spirits says, wait a minute, we got to process some of this change. And I know that's come up for you more recently in the past six months or so. How did that come up or how did it show up for you? And how have you been able to navigate your growth and your grief or your grief and your growth? 
Yeah, I would say that when we first um, came up here to Nashville, it was all about growth. And like you said, just getting Georgia enrolled in school and getting her in, you know, her sports and her activities and everything. It wasn't until um, really the last quarter of last year where I felt, you know, a lot of the grieving start to happen from the marriage I think one of the consistent threads since we've been talking is it's worth noting that I lost both my parents kind of back to back in 2016 and 2017. I likened the three of us to kind of a stool with three legs and two of those legs were popped out. And so you could probably call that maybe the the catalyst to really hearing myself more and kind of starting the the, the new path. But as far as grieving the marriage and everything, I think, you know, my ex-husband moved on with somebody else and we were already divorced and everything. So there wasn't anything, you know, surprising about that, but that, that was kind of, I think what set the process for truly grieving that. And then after that, you know, our relationship really completely died with another person in the picture. So there was no relationship with her dad anymore. And that's solely up to Georgia, which is not how I, I saw that happening either. So what that looked like was pretty ugly. <laughs> I have I have pictures of um, us, you know, being funny about it. And Georgia, unfortunately, had to see that, you know, probably some of the worst cries in my life that she held me through. But now I feel like your six months is dead on because I'm coming up basically on the back end of that. And I think the most important part about that time was even though it was so painful and angsty and you wanted to keep doing something to make it stop, it's just knowing that it will be different. Again, it's leaning into that voice and just, I know people say to be in it and that's not fun. It was really ugly. You know, I still worked. I still traveled for work. I still did what I had to do, kept my life going, but it's just knowing that, that knowing inside that it eventually will look different. Um, And today it's, you know, it's night and day. Now it feels like part of my my story and not something that I'm in. Thank you for sharing that. The thing that I hear when you're speaking is talking about not losing hope or faith, mm-hmm. even on the crummy days or the crummy weeks or the crummy series of yeah. weeks where it feels like you're just in a hole. You're in a, a heavy space where it just doesn't feel light or the light at the end of the tunnel doesn't doesn't just appear, but but you trust that it's there mm-hmm. and you know that w- whatever you're going through or walking through has meaning. Mm-hmm. It has some kind of value that will reveal itself later and in divine time, not our timing. I, I do want to go back to the loss of your parents back to back and then this grief cycle. Do you feel like this handful of years later and having this six months also helped you grieve some of the loss of your parent, do you yeah. f- parents? Do you feel like it was intertwined? Because I know for me, you know, I, yeah. I recently lost yeah. my mom, as you know, but I lost my dad over 20 years ago. And I, I really did not know how to grieve or have tools to grieve until he, he had probably been gone for, I mean, uh, like really almost a couple of decades before, yeah, maybe 15 years before I really knew how to grieve and to heal. What similarities can you draw in terms of your grief or seeing what you were grieving, not just being about your marriage, but about in, you know, not having your parents? Yeah, really just acknowledging like the loss. And I got to a point and sometimes it just takes time like you said, divine timing, but I got to a place where, you know, we were, we were settled, we were comfortable. 
here in Tennessee and a lot of those quiet moments, like, you know, in my room or on the couch or whatever, being able to just acknowledge for myself the loss, you know, like you well know when you're in it or even shortly thereafter, you know, it doesn't really matter the number of years that pass. I mean, the events themselves and what you go through leading up to their passing is so hideous sometimes that it's hard to get past that so that you can grieve. Um, And so that's physical space along with the time, um, the space and time, I think, helped. And, you know, it obviously opened up a part of me to be more vulnerable to that and just kind of tell myself like, yeah, like you, you've lost a lot. (laughs) Um, You know, I think I try to downplay that a lot. I think a lot of people can resonate with that. I certainly do. I I have many times downplayed my loss or what I've walked through or the difficulties of things thinking, no, I'm strong. I have a high pain tolerance. I'm resilient. And I, I had someone recently. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. Everything is fine. Fine. There's an acronym for fine, which, you know, if any of you know it, you know it. And it's not a cute one because it really just says I'm kind of not fine. Yeah, I'm not actually fine. anything but fine. Yeah. I'm not fine. <laughs> but but there's this disclaimer I want to give to spending time with yourself, spending quiet time and solace and solitude, even if it's in the closet. It can reveal old wounds, old yeah. pain, old hurt, old isolation, abandonment, loneliness, fear, trauma, getting still and silent while we discover beautiful things. We sometimes find hidden treasure in the pain, Mm -hmm. hidden treasure in unreconciled feelings, experiences, emotions, like you were saying, with death or change, that journey can be hideous. You use that word and that's a that's a great adjective because yeah, it can be really hard and I may downplay or discount that, but it doesn't mean that it's not living in my body, in my energy field and asking to be revealed so I can honor it, honor the experience, learn from it, process it, whatever that looks like. So, so just a note to everyone out there, sometimes when we do create time to tap into our intuition, to get more clear to be in solitude with ourselves, sometimes it's painful. But I do know that on the other side of that pain, the you know the way through it reveals really beautiful treasure and really beautiful self-awareness or insights around who I am today, what I've learned through that, how I've evolved through whatever circumstance, painful scenario, situation, that I've walked through, which takes me into a new chapter differently, grown, evolved. So much of what you share today, I think is going to resonate with many people. Is there anything that you want to share or leave behind as far as creating traction around personal and spiritual growth? Yes, you and I get to work together and we've had that privilege, but there are so many ways to develop intuition that we can do on our own or through other guides and resources. What else is intuition building and spiritually and personally building and growing for you? What tools? I mean, gosh, I would say tools wise, use your phone. Like when you have a thought like that or a question or something, get your notes out. I've got a bunch of notes for people. In my okay, phone. use your phone. Wait, this is okay. Tell me, wait, you. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Tell us more about. Use your phone. Okay, that's great. What? Else? Tell me more yeah, about. Yeah, um, <laughs> just you know, like if you're in a new situation or you have a new relationship or something like that, and you have thoughts about like what even is this or what's happening, I just get my phone out and I'll start. Or if I have, I mean, it could be a thought about my parents or something. 
I just write it down. I was going to say, you know, I went to the the four things live podcast and um, I think it was Allie was on the panel and talked about Allie Fallon. Yes. Who's the writer. Just shout out to Allie Fallon. She's a writer and is also working on a podcast and helps other writers write, which she's big on journaling. So when you say use your phone, you're like, use your phone as a journal. Well, (laughs) even just like snippets too, right? It could just be like you, if you see something happen and you thought it was odd or out of the ordinary or whatever, just write it down. But, and then journaling, of course, which I is on my, um, my Aries to-do list, which I think there's some kind of, and I'm going to dig deeper in that, but there's probably some kind of a block I have where I'm afraid to start journaling because I'm probably afraid of what that's going to open up. (laughs) But I think that that's going to, you know, that's definitely one of my next steps. I think that's great for tools. One of the things I do want to say about that, because it's a it's a really great point to emphasize, is snippets. So whether it's journaling or grabbing your phone. Yeah, it doesn't have know, to making, be like a novel. Like just, no, yeah. making a voice memo or a quick note in your phone or a quick note in your journal. You can look back and be like, oh, this is what this meant. Or, oh, now I see the correlation. So it's documenting your insights, your intuition starts to help create greater continuity and awareness. That's I think, And that's also about being present because you're mm-hmm. listening and you're making note of, literally making note of whether it's. And not again, a note of what to do. Just a no. Just a, yeah. Note, yeah. Absolutely yeah. clarify that. Not a note of the solution or the why, just a note of what came through or the insight or the synchronicity. Yeah obviously praying or I like how you, you know, when you say, when you go to bed at night, talk to your higher self or have your higher self talk to their higher self. And, you know, you can, again, liken it to a form of prayer and stuff, but definitely I do that, you know, whether sometimes it's just like a thank you for today. I'm so grateful for this happening or this person, you know, um, or look out for me or look out for that person. Um, So that's definitely helped also. And I think there's something in Again, it's all about like your voice. How often do we hear ourselves talk back to ourselves, right? So that in in and of itself being recorded in a session is like a huge gift. And when you speak out loud, you know, I I think one of the things I'm actually trying to teach Georgia is how to pray. She's actually going to a beach week for her youth group and she doesn't know it yet, but I signed her up for the session on how to pray. (laughs) But it's like physically saying it out loud and getting it out there into the universe. You know, it's hard. It's vulnerable. And and also one of the things I remind people all the time as far as clearing energy or using our voices, our cells, our DNA responds to the frequency or intonation of our voice. Each of our voices is unique to our makeup, our spiritual makeup, our physiological makeup. So the intonation of our voice has a certain frequency that actually our biology resonates with. So there's the power in words, power in prayer, and the actual audible articulation of that. And what you were referring to as me talking about your higher self, talking to someone else's higher self, it's a, I'm going to clarify that for some people because it is, it's a go-to that I have used for a long, long time. And I suggest often is, let's say you've got an interpersonal situation with someone and you don't know how to reconcile it or you want it to heal or the, for things to be smoothed over, it is an, an easy way forward in that and inviting God into that conversation is when you go to bed at night, you say, hey, soul, hey, God, hey, soul, my soul connected to God, that part of me that is connected to the divine, the higher self, 
hey, soul, connect my soul with this other person's soul, because you're not taking their free will, you're connecting with your higher consciousness with theirs, that part that's connected to the infinite that wants the best and the highest for us. Connect our souls for the most optimal path forward, for the most optimal healing. Help me, show me, I'm open, I'm willing. It's like you're giving it to God, but you're also including the higher consciousness, the soul of you and the individual in the in a not, hey, I need you to do this. <laughs> I need you to help that have this person do this so I feel better. It's not an, a directive. It's more, hey, combine our souls for the most brilliant healing, the brilliant growth, the brilliant expansion. And also it's surrendering it up so we don't humanly mm -hmm. have to create all these answers and solutions, which usually overwhelm us or, you know, we're limited by in our human human framework as brilliant as it may be yeah or we just keep ourselves busy not to do <laughs> or we keep ourselves busy so getting quiet so again back to this disclaimer around creating sacred time sacred space quiet time watch out get ready it's not for the faint of heart because <laughs> dark heavy stuff can be revealed but there can I be may or tremendous may not treasure. have a picture of myself with a sweater over my head in those moments so <laughs> Hiding in a, with yeah. a hoodie, yeah. you know, yeah. hiding yeah. in the closet, in the corner, in the closet. <laughs> I, I I have had multiple clients have sessions with me in their closet. So like that is not. <laughs> and so I laugh about it because I'm like, oh, yeah, you're yeah. in the closet. Mm -hmm. I got it. Yeah. All is well. <laughs> you, you go to your safe space safe that space. feels yeah. for you. Like you have your time and your solitude. <laughs> So, well, I truly appreciate you taking the time to share your your heart, your insights, your wisdom, and also your personal experiences of really growing your faith and minimizing your fear and funneling fears into honesty, openness, willingness to step through the portal, stepping through portals <laughs> of, of growth and finding that superhuman in your everyday that's pretty incredible. Thank you for unlocking it. I didn't know that that's where it was going to lead the first time we talked, but I'm so grateful for it. Well, I mean, I am the vessel, but it really was your soul reflecting it back. So it's just me holding the space to have that dialogue and again, that conversation. So I'm grateful for you. Thank you for joining us today. Everyone out there, if you are developing your intuition, looking to deepen your connection with yourself and your soul, definitely check out the blog, my blog, soulpathology.com. There's intuition building blocks there. I've got meditations. There are multiple pathways to growing and developing your intuition, which leads to the connection of your higher self, your higher voice, and incorporating that in your day-to-day, -day, wherever you are in your journey. So keep searching and seeking, and we'll catch you all later. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 